Thank you guys for tuning in to the Dove Vision Experience Podcast. Your boy Frank Nitty. I'm back for another episode. I want to say thank you to each and every person who tapped that button and gave me the opportunity to share with you my thoughts and my opinion. As you guys know, each and every week, I'm coming to you with a week-to-week recap of the shot season four. Man, this has been a great season. I'm really digging the, the, the aesthetics of the show. I'm really think I'm really liking how they're doing the character arcs and everything that's been going on behind the scenes with the show. I really appreciate them. And I continue to hope that they continue to raise the bar with this show going forward. But before I actually kick off talking about the show, man. I just want to talk about what's been going on with the Olympics and Simone Biles. As you guys know, that she actually withdrew from her, you know, her competitions. She withdrew from the all-around sports. She also withdrew from her, you know, individual. But you know, just the things that she's been doing over the past years has been remarkable. She's like the goat when it comes to Olympics because she has all the medals. She's like the the person who everybody looks towards to actually carry the team. And she just had come to a point this week. Well, she just needed to take a step back because she just felt like she wasn't there mentally. And she decided to take a mental break. We already saw this happen with uh, Naomi Osaka when she actually said she didn't want to talk to the press anymore. And she actually took a, a couple of weeks leave from tennis because she was have she wanted to, you know, basically look into her mentals and, and actually wanted to just take a step back because these things are a lot of pressure for a young person to deal with. You know, we, we want them to be, you know, superior athletes and we want them to, you know, be at the top of their game. But we have to also know that the things that goes on behind the scenes that they have to actually endure as well. Man, there are young women who are dealing with a lot of pressure when it comes to sports because, like I said, we are looking at them to, you know, to push the push the sport forward. But there comes with a lot of pressure and we shouldn't have to put this on kids to be able to go out and do week in and week, week out type of phenomenal things and continue to want them to do better because they make it seem so effortless that they do it because they're so great at what they do. But this week, you know, Simone, she was just like, hey, look, I just, you know, I'm not there mentally. And I, I saw that, you know, I was watching her and her floor competitions and she did the vault, she did the horse and she was just doing other various, you know, things within the sport. And she just wasn't there. You know, she was, you know, the normal, you know, her normal routines where she would flip off the different things and she would land perfectly. She just wasn't there. She was missing. She was coming off the mat. She was going too far. She was getting deducted from points. But the crazy thing about it, she was getting deducted from points, but she was still the points leader because she was doing things that was so difficult. And because she was she's so great at it that they're punishing her for doing, you know, different routines that are deemed too dangerous that other people can't do. And they're making her scores much lower. But why is she being punished for something that other people can't do? Because she is great at what she does. She's the GOAT when it comes to the Olympics. It comes to, you know, floor routines. It comes to vault. She's just great at her sport, and she's a phenomenal athlete. And they're punishing her for doing things that other athletes can't. You know, so she's just dealing with a lot of things that's going on at the Olympics. And with her withdrawing, that sends a message to the people like, hey, it is okay. If you're not okay in your mental, and she felt like she was off. She was just like, hey, look, man, we've been waiting around four or five hours. You know, I was in practice. I just wasn't there. And with that sport, you have to be totally aligned mentally and physically because you can do one move and you can come off the mat the wrong way or you can flip the wrong way and you can completely hurt yourself. You can really endanger your, your body. And you so much, you have to be so aligned when it comes to things like that because it's so technical. She's in a very technical sport, and you have to be mentally there every single every single step of the way. And she just wasn't there, and she decided to take a step back. And this definitely has to send a send a message to the world and say, hey, if you're not okay, it's okay. You do not have to go out and perform for anyone if you're not mentally there. And that's where we have to start. You know, we have to start looking into this for our for our kids because we, as an adults, we push our kids into sports because we want them to know sportsmanship and things like that, and actually be you know extracurricular activities when they're young. But then they, they decide they want to kind of you know pursue this particular sport, 
and we get behind them and we push them. And no, 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 at no point along the way do we say, hey, look, it's OK if you don't want to do this anymore. It is OK if you're not mentally there. They may need to start, you know, set, setting up some type of therapy session for kids when they're going through these different sports, because that is a lot of pressure to put on yourself. You're like, hey, look, I want to be the greatest athlete in the world. Yes, that's one thing to say. But do you know what comes along with that? You know, do you know the stress? Do you know the sacrifice that comes along with that? The kids really don't know that. The parents know that. And so they're pushing their kids because they want them to be great. Yes, I understand that. But are you taking care of their mental along the way? Are you having sessions set up with them? I play sports all my life. I've never went to a therapy session. You know, thinking back on that, you know, just looking at the pressures that, you know, kids go through because you're starting at your five, six and seven and you're getting into it for the fun. And as you continue to grow and you start, you see your your talent start to get better and you start to pursue this particular sport, you may be basketball, football, tennis, soccer, golf, whatever the sport is, you start to see how much better you can be and you start to sacrifice your life. You don't go out and party. You're not drinking. You're not smoking. You're not doing anything else, but you're doing that sport, you know, day in and day out. And as you get better and better, you start to get more attention. You start doing more interviews. You start doing, you know, winning more games. You start winning more matches and you start to gain this notoriety. And now you start to have endorsements. And now you are a person who are totally locked into your sport. But then you're not ever have a point when you can take a step back and say, hey, look, I just want to, you know, just be to myself. I'm not mentally there. I need to take the time. And, and, and that's the thing. You don't really have the time to take a step back because you're in one competition after another. You're in one match after another game in, game out week to week. And so you don't have the opportunity to really take a step back because so many people are dependent on you. And when you get to that level, you're supporting so many different people. You're employing people and you are the, the go to person financially for everyone. So that is a lot to put on a person who has not necessarily gone through any kind of therapy sessions to understand, say, hey, look, are you OK? What can we do to help you out to make sure that you don't go overboard and you snap and you lose control? So therefore, there needs to be there needs to be some type of program set up for for athletes going forward, because nine times out of 10, that's all they know. They know that sport. And when they're done with that sport, they don't know what to do with themselves, because all they've done all their entire life is dedicate themselves to this particular sport. So I commend her for taking the opportunity for herself to self heal, to, to mentally be, you know, in a place healthy before she goes out there and hurt herself. So no one should be holding her, you know, no one should be talking negatively about her because she's been on the top of this mountain for a long period of time. And because you are there, it doesn't mean you have to continue to try to rise and, and raise the bar even further. She was already getting penalized for doing routines that no one else in the, in the history of the sport was able to do. And she was nailing those things with ease and she was being punished for that. So I can imagine how much that was putting on her you know, going forward is like, why am I continuing to continue to, you know, be in this sport and I'm being punished for being great. So Simone, we're with you. Continue to, you know, take your time and, and can check your mental health and make sure that you're okay. So with that, I want to go ahead and kick the podcast off. Like I always say, man, grab your lighters, pull up. If you're at the gym, you're in the car, you're on the train, turn me up. Let's get it.
Thank you guys for staying tapped in with your boy, man. We're going to go ahead and kick this podcast off. So as we see the episode kind of kick off, we see Papa and we see Kevin in the room. They're in that jagged edge. They listen to the music. They're in their feelings. Of course, they're both having women problems. So they're going through that teenage love and you can see it all on their face and they're making all this noise. They're really in the zone. And Keisha just comes in telling them, cut that damn music down. And all they just want to hear, they just want to continue to play their music loud because they're in their feelings and they want to enjoy. They want to actually enjoy the moment and feel the pain. We cut the scene and we see Emmett actually at the table with his baby mama. We haven't seen his baby mama in any of these episodes since early in the, the seasons of this, this show. And so he's sitting down with her and he's kind of talking to her and he's having a civil conversation with they never really ever had. And he's telling her about the situation that's going on between him and Tiff and just letting her know like, hey, man, I, I just want to, you know, do right by her. And I, I really want her. And she's actually doing this. We're doing this open marriage thing and she's out there having fun. And then he thought that by him telling her that she was going to be on his side. But she was like, look, man, let her have her fun, man. You've been out here doing it, been doing you for so long. Let her have a, let her have a moment. Let her enjoy herself. And he kind of took that to heart. And he's kind of listening to her because she's actually on her way out for a date. And he can't believe that because he always is seeing himself with her. And he thought that she wasn't going to be with anybody else beyond him once they had the baby. Now we cut to the scene where we see Duda and Tree. They're sitting in the office. And Duda's having this heart to heart with them. Let them know like, hey, man, you know. Right before you die, they say you see your life flash before your eyes. And Trick asked him, like, what do you see? He was like, man, you know, all the bridges I burned and all the things that he's done bad. And so, you know, and deep down, he really thinks he's a good person. And so he's actually having that moment where he's like, look, man, I, I want more for this. I want I want to be able to be back in Jake's life. And Trick is kind of hesitant about that because, you know, he doesn't have any kids, but he wants to take you know, Jake on as his child himself. But, you know, Trigger's kind of hesitant. He doesn't really want it to happen. Income pops in, you know, his his aide. You know, Duda's aide come in, you know, they always been butting heads. You know, he kind of back, he backed Duda back in, you know, in the early primaries and kind of pushed him over the edge and got him the job. And they've been beefing. They've been having issues the entire time while they've been in office because uh, Duda's got in office. He want to do things his way. But the, uh, the guy wants to kind of help, you know, facilitate different things in the city because he wants the Olympics to come, come there. He storms into the office and let them know that he's lost the Olympics and he is very furious at Duda. He's, he's so upset about, about this because this is something he wanted deep down for the city and Duda didn't care anything about that because he didn't feel like that was doing the, that wasn't doing the community any good. Duda wants to be about the community and he wants to be um, the other guy wants to have the community be be helped in a way. But he wants to be seen as well. He wants them to have the Olympics in the city because he felt like that was going to bring a lot of jobs to the to the community. So he storms out. Trick goes out to talk to him. Like, hey, man, I need you, man. I need you to be able to, you know, be on this team and help me out. And he's like, look, you know, if you want to protect the city, you need to protect him from him, which he's talking about Duda because he knows something about Duda that he's not um, seeing at the moment. Hold up, hold up, hold up, man. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. This this week's sponsor is going to be Printify. Printify is a fast-growing, transparent, print-on-demand network, instantly connecting merchants to major print providers, allowing them to sell custom print products that are printed, shipped directly to the customer. Use promo code DOPEVISION for 30-day free premium access. Again, use promo code DOPEVISION for 30-day premium access. When you're ready to get started, make sure you click the link in my show notes, and that's going to take you directly to the page. This is your boy, Frank Nitton. Back to the show. Man, shout out to Squarespace. I use them every single day for my website, for my photography. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't promote anything that I wouldn't do myself. Squarespace is trusted by the world's best because it empowers people with creative ideas to succeed. From websites and online stores to marketing tools, analytics, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence. Squarespace is the leader in the website design. Stand out online with a professional website 
online store, or portfolio. With Squarespace, you can turn any idea into a reality. Choose from award-winning templates, customize the design to fit your personal styles and professional needs, drag and drop images onto your site, and easily move, add, and delete pages. Easily change font, colors, and page configuration, present your work with professional portfolio designs, display projects in customizable galleries, and password-protected pages to share private works with clients. Get 24-7 help from the Squarespace customer service support team, unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, and enterprise-grade infrastructure. Squarespace is the best place to start an e-commerce brand and grow. Whether you're just getting started or already selling products, Squarespace has everything you need to power your store and grow your business. Your customers can manage their cart and check out easily without leaving the store. Accept payments with Stripe, PayPal, Apple Pay, and Square. Manage local tax rates and shipping costs. Squarespace has marketing tools to help you grow your business and your audience. Drive traffic to your website and measure your success with powerful marketing and analytical tools. Squarespace has integration with all the leading social platforms so you keep customers up to date with the latest from your website and even buy products directly from Instagram. Highlight important announcements like seasonal sales or holiday hours with intuitive banners and promotions. Analyze and optimize with Squarespace Analytics. From a single interface, get insight into your visitors and their behavior through visual reports covering statistics like page views, conversions, popular content, and more. Squarespace has transparent and affordable domain purchasing, upfront pricing, no hidden fees. If you're not ready to create a website, don't worry. When you register your domain with Squarespace, Squarespace sets up a beautiful spam-free holding page while you finalize your vision. When you're ready to create your beautiful website to promote your business, don't forget about Squarespace and to support the Dove Vision Experience podcast and my YouTube channel. You'll first need to click my link in the show notes, save 10% off your subscription of your website, and use my promo code PARTNER10 at checkout. Make sure you use the link in my show notes and put that PARTNER10 in. It's very important. If you're looking to kick off your business and you want to sell merch, if you want to sell t-shirts, hat, cups, or whatever the case may be, and you're not quite sure where to start or how much inventory to, to stash at your house, man, I got a great idea for you. Instead of doing all that, let's try something different. Let's try a print-on-demand company. If you're really down for that, man, check out Printful. It's a print-on-demand company that makes things a lot easier for you. It handles all your shipping, handles all your returns. All you have to do is upload your design, pick out the price that you want, and away you go with your marketing. Again, if you're looking for something that's different, do print-on-demand instead of having to stash all those t-shirts and all the inventory at your house. If this sounds awesome to you, man, click the link in my show notes, set up the store, and let me know how it goes. Now let's get back to the show. So now we we cut to the scene where we see Darnell came over to see, see Jada. And so she's at the house. They're kind of kicking and listening to music. They're talking, reminiscing of some of over the old past times and just talking about how he wasn't there back then. And, and she's letting him know, like, you know, you weren't there for us. But, you know, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm here now. And he's admitting to his faults. But he's just kind of there for her because he knows that, you know, she has a limited amount of time here, you know, with her going through a counselor. And he's enjoying the, the time that he has with her now. You know, he's there. He's kicking it with her. They're enjoying the moment. And they're actually just, you know, kind of just talking about talking to each other. And like I said, man, a lot of these shows over these last few episodes, man, they've been having a ton of heart-to-heart conversations to come to Jesus moments, and they've actually been, you know, working out some of these issues that they've been having, and I like to see these two because, you know, at one point in time, they weren't, you know, talking to each other because he had a couple of women over at the other house with his other kids, and, and of course, she was the young love that they had when they were kids, and they had, you know, had Emmett, and he really wasn't there because he was still out in the streets, but now he's kind of changing his ways. He's there for, for them now, and she's really enjoying that form. And they're, they're basically about to have a nice little dinner at the house. You know, he's going to cook for them because she wants a, a meal. And he's like, no, don't worry about it. I'm going to cook it. You know, I'm going to do I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to I'm going to set it up for everybody to come over and actually have a great dinner today. 
So we cut to Emmett and Keisha. They're at the rest at the restaurant. Of course, they're always at the restaurant. It's like one of the family spots now. And uh, she's actually having a nice smile and she's glowing. And of course, Emmett knows her. He knows when she's up and he knows when she's down. And at this moment, he feels like she's glowing. He's like, "What's going on?" And she's like, "Nothing." He's like, "Something's going on. I know something's going on." And he's like looking her up and down. He was like, "Oh, you got a new man. You got a new nigga." And he's like. No, nah, not really. And he's like, yes, you do. He's like, yeah, you know, who is he? And she, she's just kind of like playing coy about it. And she goes out and says, oh, it was just somebody I'm working with. But the big thing about this is he's actually looking at a laptop and he's looking at a house and he's looking at, you know, purchasing his home. And she's like, oh, you finna get a new house? And he's like, no, nah, I'm thinking about getting it for his mom. So this is the opportunity for him to kind of, you know, do something special for his mom. He's always wanted to do something big as every young man wants to do. You know, if they're coming up in a the trap, they want to do something big for their mom by buying them a house. And he feels like this is the opportunity for him to do it because he's doing good at the restaurant. He's kind of finally getting his life together. So we cut to Gemma and Jake there at the crib and they're chilling and he's playing with the ball, not really paying attention to her. And she's doing her thing, talking about all the things she needs to do for to get ready for tonight. And up comes Trig, he pops up and he throws the keys over the throws the keys over to Jake and he's like, man, you can get the truck for the night. He's all juice, he's excited. And the first thing he do, he pull up to his boys, you know what I'm saying? He pull up to Kevin and, and Papa while they at the restaurant closing down and they sit in the truck, they all juiced up because they're in the G-Wagon. You know, he fired one, you know, they sit in the back and they kind of chopping it up. And uh, Papa get ready, to leave, get ready to leave and all of a sudden, you know, Jake is like, you know, Holler at Kevin and say, hey, man, we good? So it's just trying to make that, you know, trying to get that friendship back together. And, you know, Kevin's kind of feeling okay with it, uh, feeling okay with it. Because he did say something. Jake did say something awkward in the truck. It was like, man, you got the truck? He said, yeah, man. Tree gave me the truck tonight for to take Jim to the spring fling. And so we know that that's the big dance that's going on at the school where, you know, he got kicked out of. And so he kind he knows it kind of make him make Kevin feel some kind of way about it. So, you know, he just want to see if they good. You know, of course they talked in the last episode and they kind of said they trying to say they peace and they kind of made it made it seem like they was it was okay with what was going on. And now it's still kind of a little awkward feeling between those two. But, you know, with them kind of hashing out, you know, they fire one up and, you know, they talked it out for a quick second. And they let him know, hey, look, man, get the thing cleaned up, you know, wash the truck and we Gucci, man. So he hops out the truck and then now we cut to the scene where we see Gemma and her dad, you know, they send it to the table and she's she's chopping it up with her dad. And um, he's not happy because, you know, she's always dreaming about going to Ivy League school and he knows that her SAT scores wasn't as high as she should be. But he's letting her know that she's not trying. And she comes out and let them know, hey, look, that's not something I think I want to do anymore. More. And, you know, kids, they always have opportunity to change their minds. They set their goals when they're a lot younger. And as they get older, things change. And she's letting them know, like, hey, look, I don't know if I want to go to this Ivy League school anymore. I don't know if I even want to go to college. And he's like, you know, what's what's changing? He's like, maybe it's the people you're hanging around. She's like, no, I just, you know, I'm having to change of heart. It's not something I want to do. You know, I necessarily don't want to go to college, go to this Ivy League school and get this corporate job just to make 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 you proud or more or less just make, make you happy that you can say that, hey, my daughter's doing this or my daughter's doing that more or less for his ego or whatnot. But he just wants he, he just wants the best for his daughter. And that's that old way of thinking, you know. We've always been taught that you wanna go to go to high school, go to college and go to college and get your degree. And then once you get those good grades in, in college and then you can go out and go into the world and get you a good job and you know have a good corporate job with benefits and things like that. But the world is changing and that's what she's letting him know. Hey, look, the world's changing, Dad. You know, I don't necessarily have to go to this Ivy League school in order to get this good job just to make you happy. So we cut to the scene where we see, you know, Emmett and Keisha, they're at the house, you know, they went to the house swarming or they went to the house opening. They want to see, you know, talk to the real estate agent, check out the house, get a vibe for it. Because, he, of course, he's trying to purchase it for his mom and he's talking to the real estate agent. And he's like, hey, what, you know, is there a wiggle room into the price? She was like, no, nah, not really. But if you want to, you know, definitely want to get it, you want to put in an all cash offer. And she kind of takes a moment and she looks over to Keisha and she was like, 
you know, this you. And so she knows the story about Keisha. And she was like, oh, do I know you? She's like, no, you know, but I know you. I know your story. And she's on to say that um, that she's an inspiration to survivors. And Keisha probably never heard it from that aspect. She just always, you know, just keep hearing the negative things that are happening about her. People whispering behind her back. But to hear someone to come out and say to her face to face, hey, you're inspiration. And I really look and she basically looks up to her for what she's did. And that gives Keisha a, a nice little a nice little vibe, a nice little feeling to know that she's doing something to help inspire other people by her story. So Kevin, his new video game partner, they're definitely at his house playing the videos and he's just not into it. His mind's not into it. And she notices that he's not really paying attention. He's, she's been beating him and she's like, hey, look, I'm tired of beating you. It's boring. And he says, man, you know, you want to do something and you want to go somewhere. And she's like, where? And he's like, man, let's go to the spring fling. He's like, man, you just want to go there so you can spy on your girlfriend. He's like, man, I'm not thinking about that. I just want to go eat some snacks and have some fun. And so they decide to kind of like, you know, put the video games down, you know, slide over to the slide over to the event and have some fun, man, because they want to get out the house. You know, he's definitely kind of, you know, soaking about the situation with uh, Gemma and, and Jake. But at the same time, he wants to get over it, but he just wants to have some fun, man. And plus, plus he got kicked out of the school. So you can imagine, you know, having that feeling of having the big dance go on and you not being able to be a part of it so you know he's gonna go crash the party with him and his video game you know friends so they're gonna have some fun over there and now we cut to the scene where we see jake and jim are getting ready to go to the spring fling you know of course when you about to go out somewhere with the party like a prom or something like that you know, gotta have the family taking all the photos so they're at the house you know trig and her dad and then all of a sudden you know do the pops in you know he's he's there to kind of you know because he wants to be in uh, jake's life and so he's there to come kind of say hey look man I, I i want you guys to go out and have some fun i brought your corsage you guys have a great time and it, it gives him an opportunity at the same time to go over to the house and talk to his his business partner that's in the office with him to kind of have hash out some issues that they might be having so we have a very emotional scene kind of quiet low-key with you know tabitha brown who's playing octavia she's the interior designer that's basically tied to keisha and her storyline because she was the mother or she was the, the person who wanted to adopt in you know, the baby and she had the adoption she had the baby of unofficially adopted but then keisha decided to you know change her mind and keep the baby so she had a lot of the home baby stuff at her house and so she decided to bring it over to keisha you know, they're sitting down, they're kind of talking and Keisha's just letting her know like, hey, look, you know, I'm sorry I had to keep, you know, I, I kind of got the baby from you. And she's like, hey, it's OK. And she's just kind of having a, another, like I said, one of those heart to hearts with her and just letting her know, hey, look, you know, what do you want to do? And she's like, hey, I want to be a good mother. But besides that, what else do you want to do? She's like, I want to go back to school. But she says that's kind of impossible right now, you know, with the way that things are going. And she kind of lets her know, kind of let her know that, like, hey, look, you nothing's impossible. Once you get the hang of being a mother and you're working, you can always put it back on your plate and be be a, a, a college educated young woman, being able to provide for yourself, you know, going forward. And she's like, let her know, like, hey, look, I can help you with that. If you decide you're ready to when you're ready to do that, come by the office and I'll help you do that. And so she's kind of letting her like, hey, like, why, why are you doing this all for me? Why are you giving me all this stuff? Why are you being so nice to me? And she was like, hey, look. You remind me so much of myself when I was young and somebody need to take somebody took me on my wing. And so I want to be able to be that person for you. If you decide you want to do something, I'm definitely there. I want to be there to help you out. And so she's just being a very, you know, still and calm person in her life of uh, with the things that are going on with, around her. Her brother is going through a lot of different things and then a the mom and they're going through, through through their issues. And she's trying to overcome, you know, the, the being captive and being kidnapped and all that time. And so she's just having a lot of things going on in her life. And for her to come into her life and just say, hey, look, I can be the person to help you out whenever you need it. That's great for her. 
So now we move on and we see Duda and Gemma's dad. They're sitting at the house and they're, you know, they're drinking a glass of scotch and they're kind of have an opportunity to hash out the issues that they're having. And he's letting them know that, you know, I know you're trying to destroy me. And Duda said, I know you're trying to destroy me. And he was like, man, you know, I, but you don't have anything on me. He's like, I can always go out with, with Tracy, you know, go public with Tracy and have him have the news talk about that. He's like, oh man, they'll go over there in the week. He's like, I know you still got gang ties. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, I know you killed an innocent man. He's like, Brandon wasn't innocent. And so, you know, they continue to go on and continue to talk and again frustrated with one another. And, you know, he's all and, and and so the dad tells him, he's like, look, I basically don't want you to, you know, have, you know, the young boy around my daughter anymore, which he means by Jake. And he's like, Man, it's not necessarily Jake's fault. I hear it's Jimmy the one who out here doing all the fucking. And so that pushes him over the edge. He basically goes out and it pushes him and he hits Duda in the face. And of course that starts up. Duda kind of wanted to antagonize him and he wanted that to kind of happen. You can kind of tell. And so he takes the punch on the chin, stands up, get the cane and hit him in the face. And then he, get, he, he falls to the ground. And the next thing you know, Duda is smacking him over the head with the cane. And he's almost to the point where he's, he's almost dead. And you can hear just the thump sound that's happening. And Triggs outside on the porch just kind of just chilling because, of course, he gave the truck to Jake to go off to, to the dance. And he just kind of hears something going on and gets a little, little quiet. And he goes into the house like, man, what are you doing? He was like, man, oh, man, good thing he's still breathing. He's like, man, let him die. And so Duda's just sitting in the chair, hoping he die, hope he dies slow because the man's sitting, you know, bleeding out the back of his head. And Trigg is trying his best to try to get the man to kind of stay alive. He's going to go to call the police. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to call, 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 get somebody. Nobody's going to come out here and help you. And so he's basically just letting his man slowly die right there in front of him. And Duda could give two shits that he was about to die. And so now we move on and we see that Jake and or not Kevin and, you know, his new video game buddy, they decided to crash the party. They're near at the school. They're showing them around. And she's just like in awe how big the school is, almost like a college campus. And, you know, they're having this this one on one where he's like showing her around and she's like, wow, you know, this is so big. And, you know, he's like, man, I'm not really feeling it because, you know, you always have to be on your game here. You know what I mean? You always have to be the top of your game. And he didn't write necessarily like doing it all the time. He felt like he had to be somebody else to be there. You know, he felt like the school was for overachievers, and that's something that he wasn't. You know, so now we cut to, we see Gemma and Jake, they're back at the house. They had to leave the party because, you know, Jake let, let her know that, hey, look, when we was at the party, man, I forgot my bag at your house. And he was like, man, why do we have to go back home? He's like, if your dad found my bag, then he's going to be hot because I got weed in my bag. And they're like, okay, let's go back home. So now they're at the house. And of course, we already know that Duda is basically letting, letting her dad down the floor. And, you know, they kind of, they're out sitting in front of the house, but they don't know what's going on. So they're going back and forth on who's going to go in the house. She said, if I go in the house, he's going to make me stay in the house. But if you go in the house, then you can just get the bag and come back out. But what if he catches me? You know, he's like, oh man, he's not going to do anything. Oh, he can call the police. And he's like, and she lets him know, like, hey, look, the police not even answering his call, his calls right now. So just go get the bag. And so he goes into the house. He goes through the back door and he grabs his bag and he sees that her dad's just laying there on the floor, bleeding out. And he sees that trig just standing over him and he doesn't ask or say anything. He just he, because he's been so traumatized about seeing dead bodies and seeing things going on in his neighborhood because he knows how his brother, his brother gets down, especially his early brother. You know, he always was in gunfights. He always had, you know, there was crazy things going on in the neighborhood because, he, you know, he's a neighborhood hustler. And to see his brother, his brother now kneeling over the body that could possibly be a dead body. He just, you know, sees the, sees the guy, sees Tree, and he sees Duda, and he just grabs his bag and go back out the house. And when he goes back out the house, he's in the car, and he can just see that the whole mood shift that her dad could possibly be dead. The look that Duda gave, you know, Jake when he walked in, like, I don't give a fuck what just happened. I don't, I'm not scared. I don't care. <laughs> Duda just had that look like, man, if he dies, he dies. 
So we cut back to see where, you know, Emmett, his mom, and his dad, Darnell, they're kind of there at the house. They've been having dinner. They're actually having fun. And Emmett hits his dad's like, hey, man, can you, you give me a line? And he's like, oh, shit, man, y'all really trying to work me. I didn't cook dinner for everybody. Now you want me to line you up? And the mom said, hey, can you line me up too? And I think this is the first opportunity they get to see her with her hair being cut because, you know, in the last episode, she cut off all her hair because it was starting to fall out. And so she just went and grabbed the clippers and she cut it all off. And it was an emotional scene. And they haven't seen her because she's been wearing a, a wrap over her head the entire time where they've been there. And they've always seen her with hair. And for her to pull off her wrap and they just to see that she's already, you know, went bald, it was just kind of a shocking moment for them. They had to take it in and they decided to go ahead and just kind of take that moment in. And it's just a, another, you know, the fact that she's actually going through, you know, chemo and having cancer. And it's just look, another one of those things that kind of hits you in the gut even though you know what's going on you just get that gut punch when you just see her cut off all her hair so of course kevin's been you know talking to his uh video game buddy and they've been talking they was at the school and you know she's just like look man you know she has some worries and he's like man you know what do you have to worry about basically he's like man i have to worry about where i'm going to live he's like man, i thought you stayed with your thought you stayed with your brother he's like yeah man my brother had to go away for a minute and i don't know where he is and i'm had to stay with his girlfriend and when we're just there you know it's not the best of relationship and because we already know his brother shot her brother you know and now he's on the run and so she just there with the girlfriend and you know how spiteful she already is towards her because they don't like one another and for her to know that she her brother shot you know her brother because they were arguing that night down there when trick was there and now for her to just be home with the young girl you can already know how tense that would be knowing that he's out on the run don't know where he is and so, you know, Kevin kind of gets the idea that she comes back over to his house, you know, and because she's not used to nobody's being nice to her because she's always been in a, a, in a toxic situation and she never had anybody to care for her like that. And so and and so with this being an opportunity for her to come over to his house and, you know, she let he lets her sleep in the bed. He gets on the floor. And then, you know, with that moment, you know, she's just like. And so in awe of somebody being nice to her because she's never really had that in her life. She gets on the floor with him like a real G. This shows her appreciation for him and the things that he's doing for her because he already knows she already knows that he does that she doesn't want to be with him, but he's like doesn't really care. He still like sees her as a friend and he's just kind of being hospitable to her because that's the way he is. He's a nice guy. He lets her know that he's a nice guy. So with her being on the floor with her, she leans over, gives him a kiss, and they turn over and they go to sleep. And that's the moment where you can see Kevin finally had that nice smile on his face that we haven't seen in a long time. He's actually enjoying himself. He's enjoying the company of her and they're actually having fun together. And that wraps up the episode. I really hope you guys really enjoyed this episode, man. We're coming down to the end of the series. I really enjoy each and every week coming and talking to you guys about this. If you really want to tap in with me, you can always hit me on IG, email me, Twitter, Facebook, DoVisionSF at gmail.com or DoVisionSF on Instagram. You know, I really want to tap in with you guys and talk about these episodes and talk about the previous seasons or whenever you want to talk about, I'm all down for it. So with that, man, like I say, always, it's collaboration over competition. Be inspired to be great. This your boy Frank Needed from The Sip. Until the next time, I'm out. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to grab some merch, canvas prints for your home or office, or see the full-length video from this episode, please visit DoVision.com. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at DoVisionSF. Also, send me an email of someone you'd like to hear on the podcast at DoVisionSF at gmail.com. Also, please join the DoVision Club at Patreon.com forward slash DoVision for early access to the content and some of the behind-the-scenes look of some of the episodes that I create. While you're listening, don't forget to hit, hit the subscribe button and comment on the podcast as well as my YouTube channel. 
and turn on those post notifications so that you'll be notified each and every time I drop a new episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, collaboration over competition. Until next time, this your boy Frank Nitty, and I'm out. Thank <sighs> you.